Uh, I'm going to introduce our speaker for this hour real quickly, uh, and then we will have a prayer by Jonah Mace, one of our students here at Bear Valley, and then a song by Kyle Roberts, Jeremy's brother. Uh, Jeremy Roberts is a graduate of the school here at Bear Valley. What year did you graduate? 2012. 2012. And he's been working with the North MacArthur congregation since 2013 as the youth minister. Is it youth and family, just youth? Um, Jeremy is one of those who are in the brotherhood who has really exemplified uh, what it means to be an encourager. Um, I don't know without Jeremy if I would ever be in ministry. Uh, I was really hesitant to consider going into ministry, uh, going into Bear Valley, quitting my job. And I still have our text messages to this day from uh, 2015 when Jeremy told me I need to go to Bear Valley. Uh, and I know he's told several others. Uh, the amount of fruit that Jeremy has um, encouraged in God's kingdom is really remarkable. And I don't know if we'll know uh, the total gravity of that fruit until we get to heaven. But I'm uh, personally grateful to Jeremy uh, for all the ways that he's worked with the youth and encouraged. Uh, but Jeremy is one of those who has just excelled and done a phenomenal job in the area of youth ministry and uh, continues to do such a great job. And you can ask any of his kids uh, from the North Mac congregation, um, and they would tell you the exact same thing. So appreciate Jeremy, uh, his family. They're all incredible ministers. Um, they all are, are doing great. And so uh, I think we'll be blessed to have him speak to us today. How's everybody doing? Good? Lunch starting to make you sleepy? I'll be watching. Especially you guys. Uh, I appreciate you letting me be here. Tyler, thank you for the uh, kind words. I didn't even have to pay him. It just was nice. I'll get you. I'll take care of you. <laughs> when you come visit in Oklahoma, I'll say only nice things. Um, so when I was given this topic, um, if you know me at all, I... I like to keep it pretty lighthearted. Uh, I'm a pretty uh, laid-back, easygoing guy. And so topics like this one aren't always my favorite just because um, I feel like you approach them differently. But it's good because they're real. I mean, this... We, we live in a world where we face challenges. Uh, and so it's good for me, and if you are anything like me, uh, to focus on subjects like this, uh, because as much as I enjoyed it, having a good time and, and joking around, um, there are parts of this life that are really hard. Um, I can remember months ago as I was working on this lesson, it was right as the, the conflict over in Ukraine was ramping up. Uh, and of course, like every day, there's pictures online. And I'm not, a, I'm not a guy that hangs out on news sources very long. I just, I'm not into that. Um, but I can't even remember how, but I accidentally stumbled upon some pictures from Ukraine. Uh, and it was this picture of a young child, a, a young U Ukrainian child uh, who had died uh, in the attacks. Um, and it's got a little blurb next to it explaining that this is a seven-year-old girl just happened to be in the wrong place uh, at the wrong time. And as the father of a seven-year-old daughter, I started crying. Um, to see someone that's innocent, to see someone in a situation that they haven't chosen this, uh, there, there's nothing about them that deserves this. Uh, and then for them to have to endure the suffering that we see in our world, that's hard. Um, and truthfully, uh, this morning I'm going to share some things that I think we find in Scripture uh, that can help give us some answers. But I just want to be honest. This is a subject um, that I still wrestle with. 
I do. Uh, I think it's only natural for us to wrestle with questions like this because we are human and our, uh, our knowledge is limited. Um, I'm not God. I can't understand everything that God does understand. Uh, and so we're going to look at several things, but I just want to start by saying that at the, at the root of all of this, we have to be able to find trust in God. Uh, you can read the book of Job and you can learn a lot about uh, troubles and suffering and how there are times where we're not going to have the answers and we just have to trust in God. Um, but I do think scripture uh, has a lot to say about suffering and can at least give us some, uh, maybe not all of the answers, but can give us some level of peace as we're suffering. Because I think this is a question that a lot of Christians wrestle with. Not just why do innocent people suffer, but why do Christians suffer? I think there are those who, when we become Christians, we assume things are getting easier now. Uh, we are God's chosen people. We should be taken care of. Suffering should be something we don't have to worry about anymore. Uh, but I think we need to understand up front that not only is suffering possible, suffering is promised. Uh, if you are part of God's family, the Bible is clear. You're going to suffer. Um, maybe even suffer because you are a Christian. First Peter chapter four, verses 12, uh, verse 12. First Peter has a lot to say about suffering for being a Christian. Uh, it, it'd be a great book for you to just sit down and spend a few minutes reading. If you just are looking for a, a perspective from one of the apostles on what it means to suffer for doing what's right. But in first Peter chapter four, verse 12, Peter writes, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Peter says that, and then I feel like we as Christians do exactly what Peter told us not to. He said, don't be surprised when you face suffering. And then we face suffering. We're like, well, this is surprising. And Peter's like, I said, don't do that. Uh, but, but we can't help it. We face suffering and we think, well, I'm a Christian. Uh, I've put my trust in God. I've, I've done everything he's asked me to do. Why am I suffering? Uh, and it's not just a question that we see in First Peter. You see it throughout Scripture. You see it with Job uh, in the Old Testament. When you read the book of Revelation, you hear these Christians who are asking God, why, why are we still suffering this persecution when it feels like they're prospering? And, and we're here doing what you've called us to do. And how, how long are you going to let these people prosper while your people suffer? I think it's fair to ask that question. Uh, but, but going into this, we need to understand suffering is not just possible. It's promised. And you may be thinking right now, well, that's, that's more than I signed up for. Like, I, I wanted the Christian walk to be easy. I, I didn't want suffering. It's not how it goes. And we're going to talk about some reasons why I, I believe Christians suffer and why God allows that. Um, but again, at the end, you may still wrestle with this. That's natural. It's normal. Uh, you may not have all the answers. I wish I could stand up here for 45 minutes and give you guys all the answers you need uh, to have confidence uh, in this subject. I can't. Uh, and so it's okay to still have questions, to still wrestle with it. But I do think there are some reasons we see in Scripture why God allows Christians to suffer. All right? So number one, there's that verse I showed you. So just so you know, my 
display on my computer just recently broke. I'm waiting for my new one. So as long as it's plugged in, I can see, but I have no idea what I put on the slides. So uh, number one, Christians suffer because God gives us free will. Now, just by a show of hands, how many of you are thankful that God gives us free will? And do you know why you were able to raise your hand just now? Because God gave you free will to do it. Uh, I like free will. I mean, as Americans, we talk all the time about how wonderful it is to live in a country where we have freedoms, where I can pursue the things I want to pursue. That's, for the record, that's not a gift America has given us. That's a gift God's given us. That's free will. And I don't know of a single person outside of occasionally on Sunday afternoons when I have to decide where the family's going for lunch. Uh, I like being able to choose. I like to have free will. And so at the very beginning, when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, guess what he gave them? Free will. He gave them blessings. He gave them provisions. But I think one of the the greatest gifts that God gave us is free will. Uh, And he gave Adam and Eve the choice between doing what was right and doing what was wrong. Now, you know what God could have done? Just made robots. I'll just create a bunch of robots that are forced to do everything that I, I say for them to do. And maybe God's glorified by that, just his power. Absolutely. But for whatever reason, God decided, no, I will be glorified more by creating beings who choose to follow me, who choose to do what's right or what's wrong. And so, you know, the story of Adam and Eve, he puts them in the garden and did they make a good decision or did they make a bad decision? A bad decision. See, even the little ones get it. But but guess what? That was their free will. God did not step in and say, well, now Eve, remember we we talked about that. Don't eat it. Uh, He didn't say, Adam, look, I know she did it, but you and me, we go way back. The very beginning. We're not going to do that, are you? God sat back and he allowed them to make that choice. And you may sit back and go, well, of course, because he's God and he's good and he gave us free will. How does free will connect with suffering then? Well, guess what? When God allows us to make choices, that means what? Sometimes we make choices that lead to suffering. Um, What's true for Adam and Eve is true for us today. Adam would begin to endure suffering because of his bad choice. God says, you made the bad choice. So for that, now you're going to work the ground. That's suffering. Why is he doing it? Because he made a choice. Eve, you made the wrong choice. So now as part of your punishment, you're going to endure suffering in childbirth. That's suffering. Why is she enduring that suffering? Because... She made the wrong choice. And so it's true of us today. And I think all of us would say, well, I I don't want my free will taken away. Like, I don't want to suffer, but I still want to be able to make my own choices. Everyone should be able to choose to do what they want to do, but there shouldn't be suffering. (laughs) Do you understand how that's not going to work out right before class? Sawyer walks over here. He slaps Jonah Mace. That's a true story. Sorry. He chose to do that. Sawyer's free will. Jonah Mace is suffering. <laughs> so Jonah Mace could say, well, I, I don't want to suffer. And I say, okay, then I will take away Sawyer's free choice. Well, no, no, no. I want free choice. Well, 
You, you can't choose one or the other. If you want to have free will, you have to understand that suffering is possible. Now, suffering may be uh, possible first because of our own choices. You don't have to say what they are, but just raise your hand if any of you have ever suffered because of a poor choice you made. Yeah. In college, when me and my friends decided that we would play a game that we called gladiator darts, where we used darts and threw them at each other and thought if we had a cardboard box to use as a shield, that that would be fun. As my grandpa drove me to the emergency room because a dart struck me in the face, do you know why I was suffering? <laughs> because I abused my free will. And as my grandpa would say, you're an idiot. <laughs> but, but that's our free will. I can't take the dart. God, why in your infinite goodness would you allow me to suffer? And he's like, why'd you throw a dart at your friend? <laughs> For more illustrations about dumb decisions I've made, please see Mike Riverton. <laughs> Guys, when we make the wrong choice, suffering follows. Now, I still want the freedom to be able to make choices, but I have to understand that when I choose bad things, bad things happen. Uh, that's talked about in 1 Peter. In verse, 1 Peter 4.15, he says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or a thief, or an evildoer, or a meddler. He's saying, you can suffer for doing things you should not do. That's possible. Certainly there is suffering that results from us making good choices. Doing the things that God wants us to do, and we're persecuted for it. But 1 Peter 4.15 says, you can suffer for doing bad things. Uh, and then 1 Peter 3.17, he says, For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. So you may suffer for making the right choice. You may suffer for doing the wrong choice. But I like free will. I want to be able to choose. And so I shouldn't be surprised when my decisions uh, result in my own suffering. So we may suffer because of our own choices. Second, I may suffer because of the choices of others. The reason Jonah Mace suffered was because of the choice of Sawyer to come and slap him. Now, let's be fair. Sawyer's slap was not very hard. So <laughs> suffering was minimal. Uh, but emotionally, who knows? We don't know. Um, the scriptures are full of individuals who suffered, not because of their own bad choices, but because of the choices of others. Joseph. Joseph was a, a righteous man. His brothers make a decision, no, nope, we're going to sell him into slavery. Potiphar's wife makes a decision that, no, nope, I'm going to tell Potiphar that he made an advance on me. Uh, the, the two men that he interprets their dream, and he's exactly right, and he's doing everything, and then one guy forgets him. Yeah, sorry. Joseph is going through all of this suffering because of Joseph? Nope. Because of the choices of others. Um, Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb, they go in, they spy out the land, they come back, they say, God's with us. Yes, these people are huge. Yes, these cities are fortified, but God's with us. We need to go in right now and we need to take this. And what do the other ten spies say? We got to stone these guys. No way. 
We can't do this. And the rest of Israel is like, nope, we're not going into the land. And so what do Joshua and Caleb have to endure because of the other people's bad choice? 40 years. 40 years wandering in the wilderness. Do you think there were days where Joshua and Caleb looked at each other and were like, just gave up. We could be there right now, living it up. Land flowing with milk and honey. And instead, we're wandering around, not because they made the wrong choice, because everybody else made the wrong choice. Suffering sometimes happens because of the choices of others. So, okay, well, then I want God to give me free will. Then nobody else, they don't need free will. Okay, that doesn't work either. Uh, If God is going to give us free will, and that's something we want, then we need to understand that others may make decisions that lead to the suffering of others. Yes, some things that may be small, like a person walking up and slapping somebody. Some, really serious, right? When you talk about wars on the other side of the world that are a result of the bad decisions of certain individuals, it's not... There are people who say, I didn't ask for this. I've done nothing to deserve this. You're right. But somebody else is abusing their free free will. Now, look, it may be difficult for us to wrap our mind around why a family member or a loved one or a friend should have to suffer because of the poor decisions of another person. And I don't expect us to fully understand that. But we do need to know that if God is going to give us free will, we need to understand there may be some some people who uh, abuse it. Finally, look, ultimately, the, the wrong choice that was made at the very beginning by Adam and Eve, we still suffer because of that. I mean, certainly I suffer because of my own sin. But when Adam and Eve made the decision in the garden to disobey and eat that fruit, death entered into the world. And so, I don't know Adam and Eve. Never talked to them. They lived thousands and thousands of years ago. And you're telling me I'm, I have to suffer because of their decision thousands of years ago? Yeah. We suffer sometimes because people make the wrong choice. But I love this quote that uh, this guy named Alex McFarland in a, a book that he wrote about some of these issues. He says, if God did not give us that choice we would never really be fully human or fully made in the image of God. Our free will is part of what makes us God-like, in the image of God. As image bearers of God, He has granted us free will. Well, guess what? Some people will abuse that. Um, I can remember when I was a teenager, the weekend rolls around, I want to go hang out with my friends. I want to go spend time with my friends. And I wanted the freedom to be able to go do that without my parents. Well, dad's coming along with us. Brett, you and I are going to go play putt-putt. Denny's coming because you can't, you can't trust kids. So you got to No, like I wanted my parents to be able to say, I trust you to go and make the right decisions. Um, and eventually as I got older, I did. I got to go out. I got to hang out with friends. And uh, I would have a curfew. And my dad would say, you know, 10 o'clock, you need to be home. And guess what? My brother had some uh, had a girlfriend who lived up on the north side of town. And I'm watching my watch. And I'm like, we need to go. We need, we need to get moving right now. We, we have enough time. I'm like, all right. Then I'm doing the math. And I'm like, impossible. There, <laughs> there is no vehicle in this city that's going to get us home in time. Uh, and sure, sure enough, we're late. 
15 minutes late for curfew. But guess what? 15 minutes late is late. It's late. We had, my dad trusted us with free will. Um, and so I had to understand that since he's trusted me with free will, I'm also not just accepting the free will, but what else am I accepting? Consequences. Well, I don't like that. I want my dad to give me free will and then literally just let me do whatever I want and no consequences. No, 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 no. My dad trusted me. He gave me freedom. He just said, just, just be home by 10. You're home by 10, 15. You're grounded for two weeks. Oh, you're such an oppressive father. No, he's not. He let me go. He gave me free will. I abused it. Does that make sense? God is a good God. He has given us free will. And I don't think there's a single person alive who would say, I just wish he hadn't done that. I, I wish somebody else would make every decision for me. Actually, I know some of you. Some of you are like, I wish someone would make every decision for me. Uh, they would lay my clothes out for me, choose what I'm eating. each. Day. It doesn't work that way. Most of us, we are glad we get to make our own choices. But if we want to accept free will from God, we have to also accept that there may be some consequences when we make the wrong choices. All right, so that's number one. Number two, there's that verse we looked at. Okay, you saw it. It's in your Bible. That's that one. Yep, all right. That's... There we go. <laughs> uh, number two, Christians suffer because it can produce maturity. Now, here's the difference between our first reason and the last two that we're going to look at. Everyone suffers because of free will. Whether you are a Christian or a non-Christian, your bad decisions will affect uh, whether you suffer or not. The last two reasons we're going to look at are specific to those who are Christians. Because... Christians suffer because it can produce maturity within us. Uh, we understand that as Christians, when we suffer, we can grow. Uh, it can test us. It can prove our faith. And we can grow in our uh, faith because of it. If I'm not a Christian, then do you know what suffering is? Suffering. That's it. If I'm, did I say if I'm a Christian? I meant if I'm a non-Christian. If I am not a Christian, if I have nothing to do with Jesus, then when I suffer, all that is for me is just suffering. That's it. I, I get no benefit out of it. But as a Christian, we understand that as we endure those things, we grow. James chapter 1, verse 13. I'm like, well, we should probably check. Count it all joy, my brothers. And that's supposed to say one through three, but hey, you get it. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Uh, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect, uh, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. James is going to go on in verse 13 uh, to explain that God doesn't tempt us, but he does allow us to be tested. Okay, and there is a difference between someone tempting you and someone testing you. For example, if my dad says, yes, you get to go out with your friends, but I expect you to be home by 10, he is testing to see if I'm going to obey. Now, he does not go out with us. He's like, oh, it's almost 10. We should stay out a little bit longer. Dad, wait, you're the one that told us we need to come home by 10. Yeah, but let's not. Let's see what happens. Dad, what are you? No father is that way. Uh, there's a difference between tempting and testing. God may allow us to go through something to test us, to see where our faith is at. 
That doesn't mean God is out there doing the tempting, trying to lure us into it. But James chapter 1, verses 2 and following says, We understand that as we go through these trials, the trials do not have to be the end result. That can be the beginning of a growth process. And so I go through these trials, but what it produces in me is steadfastness. And as that steadfastness grows more and more, I can reach greater maturity. When I was young, I don't know that I grasped this. I'm like, I don't like that. As I'm older, though, I can look back on times of my life where I've suffered and gone, I absolutely see how God was maturing me through that process. Right before COVID happened, my oldest daughter, Darcy, got really bad pneumonia. She ended up in the hospital. And I'll just tell you, I, before my kids were born, I was Mr. Easygoing. Like, no stress, no anxiety, nothing got me flustered. I had kids, and every time my child sneezed, I was like, what's going on? Do you need to take me to the doctor? Like, I really, really, really struggled with anxiety when it came to my kids getting sick. I struggled with it. And so here I am. I'm in a hospital. My kid is in the bed with tubes tight, hooked up. I mean, struggling. I don't like this. I don't like this at all, but I'll just tell you this. That process, going through that, uh, having to endure through that suffering, now I've grown a lot from that. When my kids get sick, it doesn't bother me like it used to. Uh, and I can look back on that moment and go, God used that suffering. I don't, look, I, didn't wish, I don't want to wish that on my kid. If I had the choice to go back and not let it happen, absolutely, I don't want my child to suffer. But did God use that suffering to cause growth in me? Sure. Uh, and now my trust and my faith in him is greater because I allowed him uh, to make that change in my life. Joy does not seem to be a word that you would pair with suffering. I'm going through suffering, so I should count it joy. It's not the suffering that we're finding joy in. It's those end results, right? I don't enjoy suffering. I don't enjoy watching a loved one suffer. But I can find joy in knowing that through this, God is going to strengthen my faith. Uh, and God is going to allow me to be uh, the person that I need to be. Uh, is the butterfly pavilion still a thing? Okay. Wow. Good for it. You know, a lot of those places don't stay open. Uh, when I was a child, I can remember going to the Denver Butterfly Pavilion. Yeah, anytime you did a field trip, it was great. And so walking around the Butterfly Pavilion, and I can remember the lady bringing us up and showing us some of the caterpillars in their little chrysalis. And you're like, oh, this is awesome. And there's one that is coming out of the cocoon or chrysalis. Look, I'm not a scientist. Coming out of the stuff. Uh, and I'm sitting there watching, and I can remember thinking, like, it just needs a little help. He's stuck. I, no, don't worry. <laughs> Mike, I didn't do it. I didn't touch it. Mike's like, oh boy, what'd you do this time? Like I said, if you want any stories about me making poor decisions, please see Mike Robertson. Um, because the this newly formed butterfly is trying to break its way out and it looks like it's struggling and you're just like that chrysalis is so I'll reach down out to break it and then it's free free to fly and I think someone in the group even said like just help it and the lady explained like it needs this struggle because as that newly formed butterfly is coming out of its chrysalis the struggle is what gives its wings the strength to fly and you're like yeah, that's great. Can you just pull that off? But like, I mean, what a perfect illustration for our struggles as Christians. It's not fun. 
It is a lot of work, but it is the struggle in that moment that may be giving us the strength for something else that we face down the road. And so we may just want to say, God, take this struggle from me. Like what kind of God would make me go through this struggle? Maybe he's having you go through that struggle because he's preparing you for something even greater down the road. Or he's preparing you to help someone uh, that may face the same things. Sometimes it is the struggle that gives us the strength. And so, yes, sometimes Christians suffer uh, because it produces maturity. There's the story of a woman. Her husband had had terrible health issues for a long, long time. Uh, So she had endured all sorts of suffering. The minister at the church reached out to her and he just said, I just want you to know uh, I'm praying for you. And this was her response. She said, pray that I will have the wisdom not to waste all of this. Like talk about maturity. Like you, I'll pray that my husband gets better. Pray that I have the strength to endure this. She said, pray that I don't waste this suffering that I'm going through. I understand that this suffering can produce greater maturity in me. So don't let me waste it. How many of you, when you endure suffering, are like, don't let me waste this, God? Probably not that way. You're excited for that you know, new season of whatever sport you're playing, and boom, first game, injury. God, don't let me waste this. What? No, that's not how we think. God, why? Why would this happen to me? I was so excited for this new season. Uh, you're excited for this brand new year of school, and boom, it's dropped on you that your parents are moving, and you're moving away from all your friends. God, don't let me waste this. That should be our approach because we understand that suffering is not the end result. It is the beginning of that growth. And growth uh, comes sometimes through suffering. All right? So that's the second. Third, let's find out if there was anything there. Oh, okay, good. We got them all this time. This is very important. Uh, and it's something that the more I read Scripture, the more I understand. Christians suffer because Christ suffered. I don't know about you, but I want to be like Christ. And that is what Christian means. I am like Christ. Um, Christ is called the suffering servant. He went to the cross. He suffered and died for our sins. And so as Christians, it is natural that because Christ has suffered, we're going to suffer too. Uh, Recently, our preacher, Tim, uh, he preached a sermon on Christ's crucifixion. And uh, he's talking about the immense suffering that Christ went through on the cross. And then later that afternoon, one of the ladies in the congregation grabbed him and she handed him a note. And the note thanked him for talking about suffering because she said, we don't talk about suffering enough. And she said at the end of the note, if we don't suffer, can we ever truly know Christ? And that question, man, it made me think because... Christ, in some ways, was defined by the suffering he was willing to go through. I mean, Christ did incredible things here on this earth. But if Christ had not suffered and died on that cross, nothing else that he did here would have mattered for us. Uh, It's his suffering that matters. And so how can I expect to fully understand Christ if I don't suffer as well? Uh, In Philippians 3 verse 10, look, we don't ever know anymore. Nope, not yet. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul links this idea of knowing Christ with sharing in his sufferings. Uh, He says, sharing in his suffering, even being like him in his death. Uh, And so to know Christ and to be like Christ is to suffer. You you can't know them. uh, You can't know Christ without going through that. 
Look, we understand that in personal relationships. Lance and I are, are buddies. I've known Lance for a really, really long time. Part of the reason I know Lance is because Lance and I have experienced some things together, right? If you're like, oh yeah, I know Lance. I, I, I think I'm a lot like Lance. And I'm like, well, do you like the Denver Broncos? Oh, I didn't even know Lance liked the Denver Broncos. He does. Dare I say you love them? Is, is it a bad week for that? <laughs> it's a bad week for that. Uh, for us to claim, oh, I'm like this person. Well, are you like them in this pretty big category? Well, no. No, not that. I'm like them in everything else. Well, that's, that's a big one. All right? Uh, if I can claim to be like Christ, and like, oh, so you suffer? Well, no, I don't, I don't suffer. Well, then you're not like Christ. Uh, because part of the reason Christ was who he was was because he suffered. Uh, we're also told in Scripture that when we share in the sufferings of Christ, we also get to share in the glory of Christ. Look, sufferings, maybe you're not lining up to share in those, but God, but his glory? Absolutely. So Romans chapter 8, verse 17, it says that we are heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him. You want to share in his glory? You better be willing to suffer with him. Uh, you ever had a friend who got something great from putting in a lot of work, and you're like, oh, can I have some? And they're like, no, man, I worked hard for this. Like, well, that's rude. So I just realized that's what my dad did growing up. My dad worked hard to pay the bills. And I'm like, Dad, can I have $20? And he's like, I worked hard for this. I'm like, get a job, Jeremy. I should have done that. should have done that. And maybe I wouldn't have destroyed Mike Riperton's basement. <laughs> I'd look, guys. Again, see Mike Riperton. <laughs> uh, if we want to be able to share in the glory of Christ, we have to be willing to endure the suffering as well. First Peter Chapter 4, 4, verse 13. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad uh, when his glory is revealed. That's what I'm joyful about. Not the suffering part. I enjoy that. The joy is found in the fact that through these sufferings, I know that when Christ comes back and his glory is fully revealed, I get to be a part of that. That I can find joy in. Guys, it's like, how many of you have a job? The rest of you get a job. I'm just kidding. Uh, you, do you remember the first paycheck? I, I can still remember at Sally Sunbeams, daycare down the street. That's where I worked because I didn't have to drive there. I could walk there. That was honestly the only reason I worked there. Uh, working with kids after school. Goodness, like... Talk about exhausting. Uh, I'm looking in the eyes of people who have worked in a daycare. She know what I'm talking about. But man, that first paycheck, you get it and you're like, ah. it's like I forgot all about Christian pounding me in the top of the head with a plastic hammer, Jake the snake running in every day and punching me right in the gut. All those sufferings, ah, that's what his name was, Jake the snake. Uh, all those things forgotten. Why? The glory. This is what I did it for. That's what we find joy in. Look, when I'm enduring those things at work, I'm not like, this is great. I love this. It's hard. I get paid. That paycheck's coming. Now, hopefully someday you find a job where you can do it and find joy in it and still provide for your family. Um, but some of you, you're not there yet. You're still working that job just to get that money. All right? That's what Peter is saying. 
When you're rejoicing, it's not because of the suffering. It's because I know payday's coming. And the best part is when you work a job uh, and you put the work in and everything, you get paid because you worked. This is like bring your kid to work day and your dad is doing all the work for you but then for some reason when payday comes around you still get a check i didn't even do the work christ did all the work but i'm enduring these sufferings because i know in the end i get to share in his glory but we only share in his glory if we're willing to share in his sufferings and so look suffering is still hard but I think it brings us some peace uh, when we understand that God's not asking us to do anything that he didn't have his own son do for us. Uh, if there was ever a person who walked this earth who should have been able to say, I should not have to suffer, it was Jesus. He didn't deserve it. Uh, we deserve some of the suffering that we endure because of our own choices, not Jesus. Every suffering that he endured was because of the, the bad choices of other people. And so we have to understand God's not asking us to do something he didn't ask his son to do. Christ suffered uh, in ways many of us could never even understand. And so we need to understand that if I want to be linked with Christ and Christ suffered, that's something that I'm going to endure uh, and that I'm willing to go through uh, because he did it for me. All right. Look, like I said, um, I think that's the end. Okay. I wish I could say like, there you go. That's why we suffer. And you're like, well, yeah, that suffering is a piece of cake now. Uh, it, it, it doesn't make it easier. Suffering is still hard. And I'll just tell you, it is especially hard when it feels like we as God's people are suffering. And I'm looking at people who have nothing to do with faith. And they just seem to be doing great. They're prospering. We may have the tendency to sit back and think, God, like, why? Why, why am I suffering for even doing good things? Things you've called me to do while everyone around me seems to do pretty well. It's fair to have that question. Um, and I know Job has been mentioned several times this weekend, but I mean, it makes sense because of what we're, we're talking about this week. Job wrestled with this question. Now, obviously, not in the idea of Christians, but he said, why are the righteous suffering? To the point that his friends even said, well, you must not be righteous then. Because that's our natural reaction is to think, well, if I'm righteous, I shouldn't suffer. Uh, that's been a problem for all time. And God, through the book of Job, helps Job to understand, I got this. I'm in charge. You don't have all the answers, um, but you just need to trust that I'm in charge. Um, and as the reader, we get to sit back and go, Job, you don't understand. Uh, God, God has a reason behind this. And we get to see the reason, but Job doesn't. At least... Until Job wrote it all down, I guess. When, <laughs> then he's like, ah, that's his guy. I see now what you're doing there. Uh, Job doesn't know. Guys, there are going to be times where you're going to go through suffering. You're going to go through struggles in life. And you are not going to be able to pinpoint the exact reason why God is allowing that suffering in your life. Um, I am really bad about trying to guess God's reasons for suffering. Well, she must be going through that because God is wanting to teach her. I don't know. We don't know. We have no idea. What I do know is that he knows. And that should be all that matters. Um, 
I'm glad God gives us free will because I like to make choices for myself. But if we want to accept the blessing of God's free will, then we have to understand that there are going to be consequences as well. Um, also, I understand that suffering's not fun, but I do realize that through that suffering, I can grow. I can be strengthened. Guys, I know some of you are young and you don't grasp that yet. Uh, give it time. You're going to learn that as you go through difficulties and struggles, God is growing you, if you allow him to, uh, to be more mature in your faith. And then finally, yes, we suffer because Christ did. Um, should that make every single suffering that we go through easy? No. There are still going to be questions. There are still going to be times where we don't understand. But at least that can give us some peace to say, you know what? God understands. I do know that through this I can grow and be strengthened. And so I'm going to put my trust in him and understand that he's got a plan. And even if in this life I never understand why it is that I went through that specific suffering, I'm going to trust that he has greater plans for me. Um, and just as it relates to this, but my non-Christian friends seem to prosper. We, we usually fool ourselves into believing that everyone else has it good. Well, I'm the one that's suffering, and look at these non-Christians. They just seem to be doing so well. And you know what those people are usually thinking? Why am I going through all this suffering when these people over here... We, we see our own lives. We get to see the behind the scenes, so we know everything that's going on. So don't be so quick to compare, because chances are other people are suffering in ways you don't understand. Uh, but instead of comparing with others, we should say, you know what? I'm going to suffer because Christ suffered, and I'm going to allow God to create some maturity in me because of that. Uh, let's pray, and then I'll hand it over to whoever I hand it over to. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for today. Uh, Lord, we're so thankful for this weekend and uh, for the speakers and for the time that they've put into these lessons. And Lord, we know that there are many, maybe even in this room, who are dealing with hard times, uh, with struggles, um, with things that they're battling with each and every day. And God, we pray that even if we don't understand the reasons, uh, that we will trust in you, that we will allow those struggles to create uh, greater maturity in us so that we can not only serve you better, Lord, but uh, be a service to those around us who may be struggling with the same things. Uh, and Lord, most of all, we're thankful that your son was willing to suffer what he did uh, for our sins, Lord. Uh, and because of it, we're willing to suffer uh, in the same way, Lord. Thank you so much for all you do, Lord. Uh, protect us the rest of this weekend. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank mm -hmm. you.